0: Lord, we thank you for this time together to encounter your presence. And now, Lord, we pray that you'd help us to encounter your principles. As we've encountered your people in fellowship, now, Lord, we want to partake of your word. We ask you to speak to us today in a way that we will be impacted and our lives will be changed as we're being conformed according to your image. Lord, may we walk out your eternal purposes All of our days, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Today is week number 32 of our journey through this book that I have just absolutely fallen in love with more than I did when we started. And today is the final of the 32, not saying I'll never preach from Hebrews again, but I may not preach through it again because there's so many other treasures to discover in this amazing book. So looking at the last six verses, 21, 22, 23, 24, and 25, let me begin reading. He ends with this blessing. Now may the God of peace, remember that, who brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead. He tells who Jesus is, that great shepherd of the sheep. And then he gives the means through the blood of the everlasting covenant. So, he's saying, may the God of peace, verse 21, make you complete in every good work to do his will, working in you what is well-pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever, amen. And I appeal to you, brethren, bear with the word of exhortation which I have written to you in few words. This 32 weeks isn't exactly. This, no doubt, was a sermon preached in one evening, like drinking from a fire hose. I've written to you in few words. Know that our brother Timothy has been set free, with whom I shall see you if he comes shortly. Greet all those who rule over you and all the saints. Those from Italy greet you. Grace be with you all. Amen. The word amen means this is true. It's not just a concluding words. Good to see Miss Yvette with us today. Love you, darling. Love you. Amen. Amen. She's eating lots of liver and cooking with an iron skillet. If you cook liver, you must eat it sizzling right off the skillet with a spice called thyme, and in my case, it helps to have some jalapeno pimento cheese. (laughs) Back to the sermon. (laughs) I think Paul is the author of this book. Not that he wrote it. I'll just tell you my reason. You can fuss with me later. Uh, The theology is so rich in his understanding. I think a member of his team wrote it. It's written in the style of Luke's writing, and Luke was part of his team. The reason we know that is Luke wrote the book of Acts, and he accompanied him on many of his travels between places. And so maybe saying, I've written to you a few words, Paul is actually writing this closing paragraph. I appeal to you, brethren, bear with this word of exhortation, for I've written to you in few words. So if he preached it, it was transcribed. Who's read any Watchman e-books? You know, he never wrote those. They were transcribed from his sermons. So Hebrews may have been like that. I don't know. But that's neither here nor there. Holy people wrote as they were inspired by the Holy Spirit. Lord, we thank you for your word in Jesus' name. So today's title is benediction. We're preaching about the God of peace. Thank you, Greg, for the introduction. (laughs) Benediction. The word benediction isn't just a closing prayer. Did you hear about the uh, youth pastor that was kind of preaching long, and one of the teenagers fell asleep, and a friend nudged him and he woke up and says, what do you want? He says, he wants you to pray the dismissal prayer. So he stood up and prayed the dismissal prayer in the middle of the youth pastor's sermon. <laughs> the word benediction means speaking well of. To speak well of someone is a benediction. To speak blessing is an invocation. So a benediction could be a prayer, a statement made at the beginning of a church service, not just at the end it's from the Latin word bene and the word diction. The word bene means well. We have it in our word beneficial and benevolent. Well, if your name is Benita, you got bene in your word. The word diction is also related to a Latin word, but in English it means a choice of words in regard to correctness. Correctness is not a bad word, folks. All right, choice of words in regard to correctness, meaning real correctness, not imaginary correctness, effectiveness or pronunciation. Hopefully, I use good diction today. The word diction is in the word dictionary, so that is benediction. So, the history of mankind as the Bible records it begins with a benediction God speaking a blessing over his people. He blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful. And multiply, replenish the earth and subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. Who appreciates a good word of encouragement? We all need it. And God began the practice from the beginning. That's Genesis 1 28. So tell someone, be blessed benediction. Can we say it? Benediction. The subtitle could be honoring the God of blessing and peace. Some have asked me, well, what's the next series? We're going to preach on honoring. It's come up so much in Hebrews that I want to honor womanhood. I want to honor manhood. I, we've honored singleness already. We've honored marriage. I want to honor the elderly and I want to honor the young. So it's going to take a few weeks to do all that. Honoring the God of blessing and peace, God initiated a relationship with Abram while pronouncing blessings upon him. This is how it all began with Abram. God giving him a benediction. The Lord said to Abram in Genesis 12:1, get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. You know, for some families, that's a good word. Get out of here. Leave and cleave. And I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. And I will curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Anybody been blessed by the Lord Jesus? He's the natural descendant of Abram through David, through Mary, of course, and Through him he is the seed of Abram, singular, that has blessed all the nations of the world. All the families of the earth are blessed. And it begins with God's declaration over Abram and even over his declaration over the serpent back in Genesis 3.15. I will put division between you and the woman, between your seed and her seed. You shall bruise his heel and he shall bruise your head. That's why the gospel is so beautiful. He's a son of man, but literally the son of a woman, for his father was God. This custom of proclaiming blessings over others relates to God's directions in Numbers 6. Verse 22 begins the statement where God tells Uh, Moses to tell Aaron and the priests to pronounce this blessing upon people. We just sang it. We're going to sing it again before service is over, the Lord willing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. So they shall put my name on the children of Israel, and I will bless them. That's a mighty long name, isn't it? But a name implies ownership, it implies authority, it implies character. A good name is to be desired above rubies, and God's good name is behind this blessing. It is Hebrew poetry. Hebrew poetry doesn't rhyme in English, but it translates across multiple languages. It's parallel thoughts, saying the same thing in different ways. The Lord bless you and keep you. Say it another way. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And if you don't believe that, here it comes again. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Shalom is God's peace. Shalom means wholeness, completeness. It's not just feeling good about stuff. It's beyond that. It's based upon conquest. May God give you peace. Make you to be at peace with all your enemies, not because of compromise, but because of conquest. And we know Jesus did that for us on the cross. Speaking blessings was part of Jesus' ministry. In his, what's called the Sermon on the Mount, he begins with nine blessings in Matthew 5, 2. He opens his mouth, teaches them, and here come these blessings. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are the merciful. He's proclaiming blessings and ends with a nice ninth one. Blessed are you when you're persecuted for righteousness sake. And then he begins to give commands. But his commands are built on this foundation of his proclaimed blessings. In Mark 10, one of the three examples in the Bible of them bringing children to him and his followers are not, not happy about it. He takes them up in his arms, lays his hands on them, and blesses them. I went to hear a talk with two Orthodox rabbis last Monday, and I learned this. Every Shabbat, every Friday night, they have a big meal, and the father of the house, those that practice Orthodox Judaism, lay their hands on their children and bless them. What do they say? Well, I'm sure they apply it in unique ways to each child, but all of them get the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. What does a typical Gentile household do to their children on Friday nights? Well, mom and dad get drunk and they curse their kids. No wonder that there's a difference in Gentile culture and Jewish culture. Aren't you glad Jesus came and made a difference? In John 20, he's risen from the dead He comes and stands in the midst and says, peace be with you, John 20, 19. In 21, he says to them again, peace to you. As a father has sent me, I also send you. And he breathes on them and says, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they're forgiven. If you retain, they are retained. This was the last thing he did on earth in his earthly expression, his resurrected body. He's ascending to heaven and he's proclaiming blessings. Luke 24, verse 50, he led them out as far as Bethany. He lifted up his hands and blessed them. Verse 51, and it came to pass while he blessed them, he was parted from them and carried up into heaven. So we've looked at God's first words over mankind, and now we're looking at Jesus' last words through his earthly body that's been resurrected as he ascends back to the Father. Blessing. Y'all go for it. Isn't that awesome? You can see more of the context of this experience in the same writer's writings in Acts chapter 1. The New Testament continues this practice of blessing. We see it in multiple places in the epistles, sometimes at the beginning, sometimes at the end, sometimes in the middle, sometimes all three places. Luke 15, Paul writes, now the God of peace be with y'all. <laughs> all y'all is how we would say it in Texas. Amen. Amen. Amen is not just a conclusion of the blessing. It's saying it's true. I agree. Jesus would begin his statements with amen, amen. Which Translators translated, it is verily, verily, or truly, truly. But literally he said, amen, amen, I say unto you. And he gives the commission. In the next chapter, Paul writes chapter 16 of Romans verse 20. And the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet shortly. Isn't that awesome? The verse preceding this, he says, Be wise in what is good and innocent in what is evil, and the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet shortly. In other words, you don't have to be obsessed with evil to have victory over evil. You don't have to go to demon seminars and learn all about covens and get a copy of the satanic Bible. And study out how the world of darkness, how the dark side operates. You don't have to know that. You just got to know good stuff. Be wise in what is good and innocent in what is evil. And the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet. Has anybody had experience with counterfeit money? It's my understanding that to be trained to deal with counterfeit money involves studying the real deal. Not the fake deal. He goes on in that same verse, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. In 2 Corinthians, he writes chapter 13, verse 11, be of good comfort, be of one mind, live in peace, and the God of love and peace will be with you. The God of love, the God of peace will be with you. Who wants that blessing in their life? Philippians 4, he, Paul tells the church in Philippi, verse 9, the things which you have learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. Can you say the God of peace? Thanks again, Greg. <laughs> to the church in Thessalonica, his first letter, 1 Thessalonians five twenty-three. Here's this blessing. Now may the God of peace himself... Sanctify you completely. Who needs that? I do. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful, who also will do it. So there's a lot of responsibility on his shoulders and you and I walking in his blessing. Stay close to him and he will deal with the things. Do not allow guilt to make you run from the Lord. Let it cause you to run to him. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen, verse 28. 2 Thessalonians 2, verse 16. Now may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and our God and Father who has loved us and given us everlasting consolation and good hope by grace Comfort your hearts and establish you in every good word and work. These are prayers. These are blessings that we're to read and receive by faith. These are examples of how we are to speak to one another. It's not just a passing bless you. It's with meaning. Why? Is this so important? We need it. Who knows we live in a discouraging world? If you don't think so, just change the channel and watch some news for a bit and then don't watch it anymore. <laughs> Second Thessalonians 3.16, Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace always in every way. The Lord be with y'all. All y'all. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with You all, verse 18, (laughs) I'm telling you, y'all is not hillbilly stuff. It's biblical. (laughs) And then, of course, our text. Now, may the God of peace who brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you complete in every good work to do his will working in you what is well-pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Ultimately, our blessing leads to God's glory. As he shows himself strong on our behalf, we give him glory. But the Lord takes no pleasure in people who draw back, who give way to fear and the temptation to complain, and unthankfulness this fell on a good weekend didn't it that's why we need each other to exhort one another daily while we see the day approaching come on you can do it come on aren't you just thinking about you too much here in this picture get the big picture and grow and become like jesus in this situation however we deal with our disappointments reveals our level of spiritual growth And we move forward. And so we need these words. May the God of peace be with you and make you complete. Knowing the Lord as God of peace is in the blessings at the beginning of Gideon's story. In Judges 6 and Judges 7 is an amazing story of a man God raised up named Gideon. Israel had been tormented for seven years by their enemies. The Midianites and the Amalekites would come in every year at harvest time with their people and their livestock, and it was so many, the Bible says, their number couldn't be counted. And they left destruction behind, and the Israelites fled in fear to the hills, mountains, the caves, and holes taking safety. And the people had rebelled against God. They had turned away from him and were worshiping Baal. And so God said, okay, let's see what Baal can do. I'll leave you at it. And so as predictable as water coming in through a leak, when God's hand came off of them, here comes their enemies to devour them. And so they're suffering. It's been seven years now. And as the story opens in chapter six of Judges, Gideon is threshing wheat in a wine press. Now, you don't uh, press wine, grapes for wine, just on flat surface. The juice will just go everywhere, and you won't have anything to, to show for your harvest. So you, you have a giant tub or bucket, depending on how it's made, something that can hold liquid, and you get in there and stomp on them with your bare feet. You don't want to stomp on them with your shoes on, Right? And so he's inside that thing where you cannot see from a distance what he's doing, threshing wheat. That's how bad it was. More work to do it that way. The wind, when you thresh wheat, the wind will blow the chaff away. But in a wine press, you got to throw it up, and it's just difficult. So they're, they're suffering, and the angel of the Lord appears to him under a terebinth tree, and he calls him this. He begins with a blessing. He says, the Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. Now, Gideon doesn't know who this guy is. And he says, well, it sure don't look like it. Our enemies are having a heyday with us. Our fathers have told us about miracles, how we were brought up from the land of Egypt. And we're suffering here. Looking at things corporately, things look bad. So he's not grabbing the blessing given him, is he? You ever had that? Someone give you a compliment and you try to shrug it off? That's what he was doing. And so then the Lord turns to him again. This is the angel of the Lord. This is God talking to him in angelic form. Go in this might of yours, and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? Well, Gideon's not sure who he's, who's talking to him. And he doesn't receive it. He talks about how insignificant he is. I'm the least in my father's family. Our family is the least in our family clan. And we're from the tribe of Manasseh. You know, and we're part of the oppressed people. So the Lord speaks to him again. Kind of reminds me of Moses' argument with God, right? Surely I will be with you, and you shall defeat the Midianites as one man. Verse 16. So Gideon says, I need a sign. (laughs) And so in preparation for this sign, he cooks a goat, bakes some bread, puts broth in a pot, and brings it to the angel of the Lord. And the angel of the Lord says, throw it all on that rock. So there's a big rock there, so he throws it on the rock. And the angel of the Lord takes his staff, he's holding a stick, and touches the rock, and fire comes up out of the rock and devours the goat meat and the bread, and the broth disappears, I guess. Whoa. So now, Gideon believes. And the Lord says to him, peace be with you. Do not fear. You shall not die. Shalom. Shalom. Do not fear, you shall not die. And Gideon builds an altar there to the Lord, and this is where God's compound name, Jehovah Shalom, is revealed. He builds an altar on that rock and calls it the Lord is peace. Jehovah Shalom. Jehovah or Yahweh means to be or to become, to be revealed. It means I am. It it, it implies everything about God and his eternal self. Yahweh, Jehovah. Shalom is peace. Here it is in Hebrews. Reading right to left, it's the letter Shem, the letter Lamed, the letter Vav, and who knows what the fourth letter is. Mim. I had to pause there. I'm not showing off in any way. I literally had forgotten. All right. This blew my mind. Hebrew is a developed alphabet, similar to ours in some ways, but in its primitive form, all of our alphabets are similar. Going back to the days of cave drawings, kind of thing, this is Shalom in its primitive form. And the shin in its primitive form means to destroy. It's a picture of teeth. The lamed in its primitive form is a picture of a shepherd's staff. It speaks of authority. The vav in its primitive form looks like a tent peg. It means to attach. And the mem looks like water. It means chaos. So the word shalom in its most primitive form, the way it is spelled out, means to destroy the authority attached to chaos. Why do we have peace with Japan? Because then our country understood what conquest was. And we have peace with them. They're a great ally, right? How is this compromising business going? Since the United Nations came into being, I'm not throwing rocks at them, forming all these compromises, it's just multiplied wars. It never stops. Somebody has to win and somebody has to lose. It's just the way it is. If you want shalom, I know it's not... Proper or politically correct. If you want shalom, you must have conquest. You must. Should we have crushed Japan like we did? I don't know. But I do know we have peace with them. That's the shalom we have with God. He conquered our enemy under his feet. One heel got bruised in the process. Study how crucifixion happens on three nails. One of the heels gets tremendously bruised but took away the enemy's authority. That is our shalom. May the God of peace, who brought up the Lord Jesus from the dead, make you complete in every work. Parallel with the story of Gideon, look at our day. Political chaos, economic chaos, Somebody said my 401k has become a 100, nothing. (laughs) Social chaos, identity chaos, the enemy is having a heyday, right? You are mighty men and women of valor, for you serve the God of peace, the warrior. Has in you has not even begun to fight. Don't you dare lose five seconds of sleep over the world's conditions. Well, I think you're just being simple minded. No, I'm calling you to a higher level of thinking. Get an eternal perspective. Jesus is in your boat. Wake him up. You know I'm teasing. Team, come on up. And as they sing this song, I want you to receive it by faith. Why? You need it. We need it. Who needs the blessings of God? We have them, but we need to be reminded of them because it's easy to forget. You know how things come with kids. They take things for granted. Mom and dad become a force of nature. Somebody they just lean on. And we don't want to treat God that way. We want to honor him and respect him because he is worthy. Lord, we just thank you for your word. May it bear fruit in each of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. The
1: Lord bless you.
2: vision and in the vision I would be standing in a long line and then to my right I could hear this roar start way in the distance and then it just got louder and louder and louder and then I'd find myself on my knees and I'm looking down and I know it's Jesus I know Jesus is entering and people are responding and He stops. I can see his sandals that are right in front of me, and I never looked up. I just like, just for whatever reason, I just didn't feel worthy enough to just look up. And I was reminded of that today when we're talking about this blessing and the Lord turning his face toward you and his countenance toward you, and he will do that, he does do that, but do we look away? when he looks toward us, then we look away. We don't need to look away, we need to look to him. So if you are if you have this lack of peace in your life today that we're talking about, today is the day to look toward him. So whatever you're anxious about, or troubled about, or have fear about, today is the day for you to come forward for prayer. You don't have to give any detail just say i need prayer i need peace in my life look toward jesus because he is looking toward you